Welcome to this episode of Diabetes Uncensored. This is a brand new segment with myself and Sarah Miller. Sarah is a mindset coach and she's also been living with type 1 diabetes for over 10 years. And we've started these chats where we chat about all of the stuff that nobody really wants to talk about, but everybody goes through. And we chat about all of the stuff that nobody likes to talk about, but everybody goes through, diabetes related. So I hope you enjoy this episode today. And if you do enjoy it, please take a second to rate and review this podcast. Let us know what you enjoy most about these episodes, what you're enjoying most about this new segment of Diabetes Uncensored, or what you enjoy most about this podcast. Your support means the world and I appreciate you so much. When you take the time to rate and review the podcast, it's one way that ensures other people will be able to find this show and also benefit from listening to this content. Thank you so much. You may have already heard the news, but the doors have now opened to my fat loss for type ones program. And we only open the doors one time per year. And honestly, like there's so many things that are changing that are happening. So many exciting things that are going on. And I don't know, like, I know that this program will still be available for people to join even next year because it's an amazing program. Like every time I look through it and I make updates, I'm like, damn, where was this when I needed it? Because it's literally all of the things that have helped me achieve my goals. And I still reference back to this program when I'm working with clients one-on-one. It's basically, it has everything that you need to know. But for the last three years, I have been working with people over the first six weeks of the program. You get lifetime access and it's an intensive six weeks where I'm essentially coaching you through it. And I'm answering all of your questions every single week and we're working together And because of all the things happening, I don't know if we will be launching it the same way next year or moving forward. We might launch it as more of a do-it-yourself sort of thing, so you have all the information, but instead of me coaching you through it for six weeks, you just take the info and do it yourself. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but if you are interested, if you are interested in joining and having the support and working with me for six weeks, then I would suggest checking out this program now this year in 2021. The doors are closing on Sunday, March 28th at 11:59 PM Pacific time. So be sure to check out this program before then. If you are interested in losing fat this year, just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash join and all of the details will be there. Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Welcome, you guys. I'm so excited to be here again. Um, So for those of you guys who are new here, my name is Taja, and I've been living with type 1 diabetes for over 22 years. 
and I am a fitness coach specializing in helping other people living with type 1 diabetes achieve their fat loss goal. And then for those of you guys who don't know Sarah, Sarah is a neurolinguistic, I always get this tongue-tied, but neurolinguistic programming and a mindset coach. And she has been living with type 1 diabetes for over 10 years. She is plant-based. She is also the host of a podcast. And if you guys haven't tuned into my podcast, More Than Just a Type, Sarah and I actually did an episode last week and it was busting through one of my limiting beliefs that I had around diabetes. So if you haven't tuned in, that's kind of a fun one. And today we're going to be talking all about type one or diabetes and limiting beliefs. And my blood sugar is on the rise right now. So I just finished weightlifting. Every time I lift weights, this might happen to you too, but my blood sugar goes up. So that's where we are right now. I think Sarah will be here with us. There you are. There you are. <laughs> there here I am. Here I am. Hello. Hello. I um I was hitting the request to join button and it was saying you can't send a request, so I'm not sure what happened there. That's but um weird. Yeah. Well, we're here now. Good old yes. technology, and it's, it's just, it was so awkward because I was like, how do I let her know that <laughs> I can't get on? Oh, um, well, you're here now. I'm here now. Exactly. I, didn't, I didn't even see that. I just saw like you were requesting to join. So who knows? Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe I just sent too many requests. That was the problem. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, if you guys have any limiting or I guess, okay, this is what I was thinking about too. I'm like, how do you know if it's a limiting belief or not? Right. Like, cause you like even the episode that we did last week, it's like, sometimes, I don't know if it's a limiting belief. Sometimes do we know that we have it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, this is my take on limiting beliefs. So essentially anything that we believe could be considered a limiting belief because we're attaching to or fixating on a particular idea. And so therefore anything outside of that, we're essentially discounting or eliminating. So if you want to get technical, any belief could be considered limiting. But I think where um, it becomes a bit of an issue is where it could be like holding us back or causing us to think something about ourselves that is then like hindering us in a particular area of our life. So for example, it could be, I mean, and diet. I think we're going to talk a lot about limiting beliefs around diet and what we're allowed to eat for diabetes. Um, so I think where that can then become a limiting thing is when we start to, I guess, become fearful of the foods that we put in our body because we're worried about what kind of an impact it's going to have or we might avoid certain foods which could actually be really healthy for us. Um, so I guess, hey, Sean. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's where we consider a limiting belief to become like negative when it holds us back or hinders us in some kind of way. So does okay, that make that, sense? That makes so much sense. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause I feel, yeah, that it, that makes sense. It's like, how do you know if it's really limiting you, but yeah, if it's causing negative emotions or negative things, makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Holding us back. And yeah. also I heard you say that your blood sugar was on the oh rise. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm like, do not rage bolus because I have such a tendency to rage bolus because I, I don't know if this happens to you, but 
even if my blood sugar is at a normal level, but there's like, it's going up, I can feel it even sometimes half an hour before. And I feel like I'm like 13 or 15 when I'm seven, because it's on the way there or 250, 249 milligrams per deciliter. So it's going up. And when I lift weights, I have to bolus for my workout. So I just did not cover enough. Like I started, I was I'm trying to think what it is like 88. I think that's like a five or something. Um, yeah, I know. I really don't know what this conversion is. <laughs> yeah, I think I can't remember if we multiply or divide by 18, but it's something like that to get the conversion. Right. But anyways, so I didn't have enough insulin covered for my workout. So now. Oh, no. <laughs> do you want do you want to do your bolus? Are you doing I, it right I now? I just did it. I was looking down. Oh, and I was awesome. like, I hope you don't think I'm like not paying attention. <laughs> No, no, no. And I mean, that's why we're here, right? We're talking about diabetes. Yeah. So if we weren't like looking after our diabetes at the same time, like um, actually on the note of limiting beliefs and in relation to that, usually that's something I'd probably go, oh, just deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Just ignore it. Just ignore that. Like my blood sugar's going up, but it's in the back of your mind. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, if it's going up, it's going up. Like we, we should pay attention to it because that's the most important thing at the end of the day our health. Sorry. And I know. And I understand. Yes. And I sometimes, even to this day, like if I'm having a conversation or I'm FaceTiming with someone and I'm trying to like figure out my ratio for my bolus or, you know, whatever it is, I feel like either they're thinking that I'm being rude because I'm just like looking at my phone or my insulin pump or in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can't be present because I'm trying to do this at the same time. (laughs) Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. And really, we could just say, oh, just two seconds, like, let me do this. And then I'm going to be fully present. But But we get inside our heads. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Because I don't. I'm like, I should. But I guess in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to make it a big deal because then they'll be like, oh, no, are you okay? Like, (laughs) Yeah, totally. But you know what? Limiting belief right there. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they do say, are you okay? You could just go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I've just got to get yes, exactly. correct for Not my Not a big deal. <laughs> and exactly. they probably, they won't even say anything. They're like, okay, like no worries. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they know we're diabetics, but it's crazy. And that's like why these limiting beliefs are just so funny because we – they're totally just going on in our head, right? But from an outside perspective to someone else, they're probably just like, yeah, whatever, that's not a big deal at all. But to us, we're like, oh, God, this this might mean this, and then I shouldn't do this because they're going to think this. And it's yeah. like before you know it, you've got this huge snowball effect of, like, limiting beliefs. Yeah. Which is why we're here. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. So, um, I, I believe you had like a whole bunch of people reply with like some limiting beliefs that they've been going through. Cause last week we talked a lot about ours, um, which I guess, yeah, there are so many, but, um, yeah. So what was some I of the, the one of, one of the big ones that came up is just around food and thinking or the belief, the limiting belief that you can't eat certain things or that carbs are bad. Um, That's been a big one. And I can totally relate to that, but more so, I mean, not, not in 
the way that I've personally been like, oh, I can't eat that. But more so people saying like, you can't eat this or just thinking or saying it out loud because they don't know. <laughs> um, totally. But then, in, and then when I was younger, just being like getting so pissed off about it and being like, just getting so defensive and not confronting people about it, but more so just holding onto the anger and being like, screw them, like screw diabetes. <laughs> so, and then even like now I deal with it a lot better because even mm. family will say like, Oh, like there's a cute coffee shop with all these pastries, but that's probably not the best thing for Taja to eat. And then in my mind, I'm like, actually you're kind of right. Like that isn't actually the first choice that I'm going to choose to put in my body, but it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy it. Just, you know, like don't not go because of me. Um, so I think yeah. I've met it a little bit different than I used to. <laughs> and just on that note, what's so funny is it's probably not the best thing for them to eat either. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's not yeah. the best thing for anybody to eat. So it's irrelevant that I have diabetes. And even though I have diabetes, if I want to eat that, I can eat that, right? That's, that's a choice. And it's not going to have a huge overall um, impact on our diabetes health. But, and it's the same goes for a regular person, whether you have diabetes or not. It's like, that's not going to have a huge overall impact on your health. But if you make a habit of it and if you're doing it regularly and every day and you're not putting good foods in your body as well, then that's going to be quite detrimental for all of us. So yeah, yeah thank you really for saying that. That's so true. Yeah. But um, it is annoying. Like when someone tries to tell us like someone who doesn't have diabetes or hasn't experienced it firsthand, they make these assumptions and they try and tell us what to do. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm totally the same. I get my back up. It's like, well, yeah, I might not do that anyway, but still don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And on that note, I am such a stubborn person. Like I always have been. So yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. If someone is telling me not to do something or that I can't do something, I'm probably just going to do it anyways. And I've been like that since I was a kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Yeah. I'm exactly the same. I've got that like, yeah, rebellious, like you can't tell me what to do attitude as well. And actually I was having a conversation with someone the other day because, um, uh, and I was, and I was also reading about it in a book, right? So I've got this book called the secret language of the body um, and it's all about looking at like the emotional connection to like physical diseases or like physical symptoms in the body. And I consider myself to be a bit controlling, right? Like my natural state is to like want to be in control or, and it's not necessarily in a bad way, but sometimes I actually have to go, Sarah, just relax, you know, just go with the flow a little bit more. And I was having a conversation with a friend and we're talking about this and they actually mentioned to me, they're like, I wonder if your need to control has any relation to your diabetes. Because obviously with diabetes, like we always have to be in control of our sugar levels or in control of our diet and how we're living our life. Like there's so much control that needs to take place that, I don't know, maybe it's become like really habitual and then flows into other areas of our life. But just um, on this book, I looked up control, like the need to control, and it actually um, 
I should go grab the book. It's it's downstairs, yeah. so it'll take me a while to get it. But who's the book by? Uh, it's by Ina Segal. Okay. Ina Segal. Um, if you're across Louise Hay, it's um it's a similar book to um one of the Louise Hay's books. I forgot okay. the name. Of I it. know her. But, yeah. Yeah, but it was so interesting because it was like it, you know this need to control. Like if you're a controlling person, it can actually have be linked to diabetes or like that as a physical disease in the body. And I was like, whoa. Interesting. <laughs> That's so interesting. I'll do it next week. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be super cool. And it's funny that you say that too, because, well, my mom was talking, I don't know who she was talking to, but they, they said something and my diabetes came up and she said something about like, oh, she was, was it that in, my, in a past life I was like a really controlling person or something because now in this life I'm like learning or like it's like I have to have that balance between control and not having control I'm like I don't know does that make sense but it does it does it's so interesting that you brought like because I am a big believer in like past life stuff as well and how that might then carry on into this life and I actually had a um a past life regressionist say to me that I chose diabetes as a potential way out of this life because oh. of some trauma that happened in my past life. So, whoa, That's if we want to go down the rabbit hole, like, I'm <laughs> well, okay. And one. now that, now that you, and I don't know if like anyone who's listening can relate. I don't know. Does this guy does this, like <laughs> resonate at all? It's but, niche. Yeah. yeah. It is one of those like topics, but on that note, just, there's this shaman that I follow and he was saying something about there was this kid that he was working with their family and um, the kid had type one diabetes. And he was saying to the kid, like, why did you choose to have type one diabetes? Is it because your parents don't pay any attention to you? And so you wanted them to pay attention to you. And he was like, yeah, that's why. And then, (laughs) Oh, and a kid's not going to lie. Like a little child, like five years old. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's the thing. I really do believe that there's like some sort of like emotional or spiritual or like, um, I guess, unconscious connection to having like any sort of physical dis-ease in the body. And um, someone else said um, recently that having diabetes can be related to not feeling safe in your body as Mm -hmm. well which is just so interesting. But, I mean, yeah, a, a little kid who's five years old is, is not going to lie. They don't have a filtering system yet. Do you know no, what I mean? They just, just, it's like, yeah. yeah. yeah it's crazy. Amazing. What are some Bit of a side note. I know. <laughs> We're, like, going down the, <laughs> down the rabbit hole. Um, what are totally. some of your limiting beliefs that stand out that come um, just around food? And Yeah, sure. So. Um, or that you've had. When- I've like I feel like I've tried every diet possible. Like, well, that, I don't know. That's probably a little bit dramatic, but I feel like I've tried so many. <laughs> I've tried every diet possible. Um, no, I've tried a lot of different diets to try and help my diabetes health. You know, like I jumped on the keto bandwagon. I did paleo. Um, I did low GI, and um, especially when I was like in my earlier days of diabetes. Um, so I've had diabetes for over 10 years now. And, um, yeah, I, I guess when I was first diagnosed, I bought into the whole, oh, you have to eat low GI, 
you know, we don't want to spike your sugars by eating carbohydrates. So I definitely bought into that whole thing. Um, and now I guess over the years and also like paying more attention to my body and I guess doing more of my own research rather than just going off that like sort of one size fits all low GI model that I don't know. I feel like they've been running since like the bloody 1950s or whatever. Um, I, I'm, I'm not scared of carbohydrates anymore. And I actually um, feel as though there's, they're super necessary. Like, of course um, they can have like an impact on our blood sugar, but I guess there's a few there's a few things to say about that. I mean, you can definitely, you've got to make sure that you're bolusing correctly and that you're counting carbohydrates. Also, um, a huge goal of mine, and that's why I'm now doing plant-based, is to improve my insulin sensitivity. So that, and that involves eating a lot of carbs, like a lot of carby vegetables, a lot of carby fruits. Um, and so my whole goal there is to increase insulin sensitivity so that when I do eat carbohydrates, I'm more sensitive to them and I require less insulin. So I think it's like rather than just saying like or discounting any sort of foods like carbohydrates, I think it's important to just focus on like the overall picture and also like um, the overall picture of health as well. Mm -hmm. Like there are some grains and some like even, you know, brown rice and all of those sorts of things. They're actually like good for you. Um, So I think it's important that we include them in our diet and don't just focus on what we see on paper and those blood sugar like physical um results but yeah like what's what's your take like what are your thoughts on all that and like the limiting beliefs around food and not eating carbohydrates yeah I think well just to piggyback off of what you said it's it's your whole body as a whole like even if you are Mm. eating like foods that they that people consider quote-unquote good or better if you are super stressed or not getting enough sleep, like there's all these lifestyle things that play that can still make it hard to control your blood sugars, regardless of what you're eating. So like all of those things <laughs> come into play. But I think what's helped me when it comes to food is just really knowledge and not just not just taking information, but like taking information and then actually applying it because I feel like it's through that application process for myself and testing out things Mm -hmm. that I've really learned what works for me. And that has given me confidence to be like, okay, this is going to do this to my blood sugars. I need to bowl this much or maybe not this much, you know, and then just go from there because. Exactly. (laughs) I love that you said that. And like knowledge is so powerful, right? Because I think, um, I mean, I don't want to, I have to be careful about the language I use here, yeah. but like sometimes we get a little bit, like we just want someone to tell us what to do, right? Because it's easier and we just want to go to like the doctor and just have them tell us what to do and then live our lives that way. But like in my experience, and as you just mentioned as well, and like what I would encourage people to do is to actually do their own research, right? And do the trial and error try things out, see how it goes, like take a a document of it. Like there's no one size fits all approach, whether you have diabetes or not. And also even if you, we we have like the same form of diabetes, like we were diagnosed at different times. We live in different environments. We have different lifestyles. Like there's so many other things, as you just said, that can have an impact. Mm -hmm. So, and it's so much bigger than diet. So 
it's um yeah it kind it kind of annoys me a little bit that when we go to see a doctor or um or at least in my experience and this is not to say every doctor's like this but there is still that one size fits all approach um yeah. which is just not realistic no not at all and just looking at even what other people talk about too it's one of my biggest pet peeves which could also be a follow-up to a limiting belief I don't know <laughs> but yeah yeah that's we'll a pet peeve of mine is when people it's like you know I, I understand that it's coming from a place of like oh I want to help you or you know I'm sharing information yeah. but it's, it's I think so often I see people are like this is what worked for me so this is the right way and it and there's no right way like even though th- there's certain things that have worked for me I would never be like okay this is how to lose weight because there's so many ways to lose weight for example right like just because something worked for me or something worked for you doesn't mean that it's going to work for everyone so and when it comes to food I see that a lot like low carb is the only way or whatever it is Mm -hmm. but I think there's so many different answers (laughs) you know yes completely agree and like we've touched on this before I think in one of our podcast chats um like you tried plant-based, right? And like that didn't work for you. You noticed was that your hair was not like as healthy as it usually would be or was falling out? I was having, that was actually because I wasn't eating enough fat per day. (laughs) But when I was doing plant-based, I think I wasn't getting enough protein. And also I think I was trying to eat too much raw food and I was just going too like I have a tendency to go all in or all out like the gradual process is really hard for me so I just didn't I didn't know what I was doing and I had really bad gut issues um so yeah there's a few things that I would probably do differently if I were to try that again (laughs) yeah exactly but you had to try and it's all about trial and error and I think like maybe that's where like the fear creeps in as well and people are so scared to try new things like I know um, some diabetics that I've spoken to, they are scared to try new diets because they're worried about like going too low or their blood sugar spiking. And it's like, unfortunately, sometimes we do have to like push through that uncomfortable uncomfortability a little bit. And, um, you know, yes, you may see a change in your blood sugars, but as long as like you have supplies prepared and you, I guess, maybe are trying it in a week where you don't have as hectic of a work schedule or whatever else is going on, um, it's important to try these things out and just to see what works for your body, see how it responds. But also just on that note, I would recommend giving it a real good crack. Like mm-hmm. don't just try it out for like a day or two and be like, oh, no, this is just not working. My blood sugars are spiking. It's not working. That goes for like anything in life. You know, it's like if you unless you give it like a proper go and you actually let your body start to like um, process and like metabolize what's going on you're not going to see any sort of helpful results. Um, But also, and on the carb thing, so I noticed like one of the limiting beliefs came through, they were saying that they shouldn't eat rice or pasta or carbs. Was was Mm -hmm. it rice or pasta or bread? Um, Something like that. Yeah, I think there's obviously all different types of rice and pasta and bread. You know, you could eat white bread, which, yeah, isn't going to be as good for you as, say, like some wholemeal bread. So I think rather than putting them all into the same category, it's important to note that, like, 
the you know the types of rice and bread and pasta and carbs and whatnot that you're eating um because yeah obviously there are some unhealthy processed versions yeah that definitely do you you read food labels obviously right like I feel like we all probably do (laughs) yeah everyone exactly the food label to the the most part but yeah I'll always try to pick like higher fiber options but then if people are eating just whatever I'm not gonna not eat it you know like even if I'm not a hundred percent okay this is what I do (laughs) for anyone who's like unsure but I use my fitness pal and I'll find like as an example maybe it's a type of pizza or something I'll try to find the closest option in my fitness pal and then I'll just take that amount of carbs and fiber and fat and protein and then I'll just think like okay based on what this says it's probably going to be kind of similar. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't, but I kind of use that as a guide. <laughs> that is excellent advice. Yeah. And my fitness pal is so good. Um, I use one called Chronometer, which again oh, tells yeah. you like the amount of protein and the amount of carb and the amount of, um, oh my God, had like a, a diabetes that one's, brain fart. That one's, <laughs> that one's good because um, that one, I think you're able to look at your micronutrients with chronometer yes exactly right yeah and the amount of fat that's in something but again like you know knowledge is power like learn how to read food labels like learn how to like identify the preservatives that are in things as well and literally it's as easy as a google search yeah hey that's true (laughs) thank like thank goodness for google Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even require a lot of effort. It's just as simple as like googling each of the um, each of the ingredients that are in a particular product. If you're unsure, and then eventually over time you become familiar as well with like the preservatives and like the codes and stuff. So yeah, but yeah, get one of those apps, guys. How um, how do you feel about when people are say like say to you? oh, Sarah can't eat that. Or do like, do people say that kind of stuff to you? How do you handle that? Yeah, I so like, it definitely used to trigger like the fuck out of me. And I think I've mentioned before, maybe it was on our last live. Like I used to just be so intolerant of people coming at me with these kind of stereotypes. And I would just be like, do you know what? Just go Google it. Like I can't even be bothered explaining myself to you. But um, I think... Now I'm like, okay, actually, this is an opportunity to like educate and like raise awareness and what's whatnot. So, um, yeah, when people it, like, and it still does get under my skin a little bit. Like, I'm just like, ah, oh, don't tell me what to do. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, now I just sort of try and go, actually, you know what, this is okay because of this and actually try and like come to them with some facts. And then when I have some facts and I've like laid like the, the information on them, I'm like, I feel really empowered. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Told you all good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But like from an outside perspective, like so many people still say like, oh, you probably can't eat that. Or even the, um, uh, like, did you get diabetes because you ate too much sugar? Like that's a classic, Mm -hmm. which is so, so annoying because obviously it's, it's completely not true. Um, but, yeah, I would just say, like, it's taken a, a, a lot of practice, but now I just sort of go, you know what, it's all good. Like, they just don't know. They're just doing the best they can and they're just being presumptuous because, um, yeah, 
they're, they don't know any better. So just try and come from a place of love, I guess. (laughs) Totally. And on that note too, I was thinking, um, because so often people, I want to say on the outside, but people who are living without diabetes, they don't understand the difference between type one and type two. But, and so type, and then I also see where there's a stigma, not just about type one, but like type two, because it's like, oh, that's the one that you're like overweight and it's caused from poor diet and exercise, which it's like, yeah, that's true. But also it can be genetics. And I think, and I was just thinking in my head, like we deal with a lot of stuff and misinformation, but people living with type two probably go through stuff that's like so infuriating too. Right. So yeah, for sure. Like, um, I would say, and I feel like that's where a lot of like these stereotypes around diabetes came from in general, because um, I guess type two is more, and as you said, you know, genetics and all those other things, but I guess it's more related to lifestyle than type one. But again, there's no sort of, um, every, everyone's different and everyone's had a different experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like I can only um imagine how that must feel but also can relate a little bit because a lot of people will say those typical stereotypical stereotypes about type yeah. one uh, sorry type two to us just because they hear the word mm-hmm. diabetes which is actually yeah um yeah it's kind of always annoyed me that um it is sort of put into this like big diabetes pool do you know what I mean? Because obviously type one and type two are very different things. Like literally what is going on in the body is, is completely different, but I guess um, eventually like both of us will be not producing our own insulin or they may be producing their own insulin and it's just not getting to, I guess the cells and stuff that it needs to get to. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Has it ever annoyed you that we've sort of been put in a similar category? Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast. It was a couple of years ago. I can't remember what one it was. And there was a diabetes educator who was saying her, I think her exact words were like type one and type two are completely different disorders. That's how she worded it, which yeah, they, they kind of are. Exactly. So we cut out for a second. And then you have gestational. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it went a little bit robotic. Um, but yeah, exactly right. And so a lot of those stereotypes are then carried over to, um, to us as type ones, Mm -hmm. because if we, our diagnosis and our condition has the word diabetes in it. So yeah, that's, um, do we have any questions coming through? I'm seeing like people put things down. Yeah, if you guys have questions, type them in. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um. And then the other the other thing around, like, I guess that kind of falls into what we're talking about, just about how, oh, you have diabetes, like that must have been caused from a poor diet or and then I mean, both type one and type two, it's like that could just be a stigma or a misinformation on their part, depending on what the person, you know, <laughs> obviously it's not causing for type one, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Um actually like on a little bit of a similar note, I had an experience just yesterday. So, um, 
I am building like a program at the moment Mm -hmm. and I posted about it in this diabetes support group and a lot, I had like quite a few comments and like a bit of backlash because people were saying, well, if you don't have type diabetes, like, you know, you don't look like you have diabetes. So like, why are you talking about it sort of thing? And I had a moment where I was like, but I do have diabetes. I've had diabetes for over 10 years of my life. I live with diabetes every day, but Mm -hmm. I felt, and it sort of occurred to me that maybe because I don't fit, and I'm sure you get it too. It's like, because we don't fit into those stereotypical categories of maybe living an unhealthy lifestyle or maybe being overweight or not exercising or looking after ourselves, then we are sort of, I don't know, people like sort of assume that we aren't a healthy person because diabetes is invisible, right? Like for the most part, especially type one and especially in younger type ones, it's like we we, we don't have any growths or anything going on on the outside. There's nothing really physical to sort of um, show that we have diabetes. And so I think sometimes we can be a little bit um, misjudged on that. Mm-hmm. And I think also because I'm like a very positive like diabetic and I and that's because I look after myself and it hasn't always been that way like there was many years and a really long time that I was totally in denial about it and feeling like absolute shit and have the lower self-worth inside because of diabetes um and all of these like limiting beliefs that we've been talking about it's like they were very real for me but because I actually um started to do like a lot of sort of self-love work and actually pay attention to the foods I was putting in my body. Now that is them manifesting into like a much healthier lifestyle. And, and I think if people can't relate to that on their diabetes journey yet, it can be, it might not feel like it's achievable for them or it might not feel real, or they might assume that there's nothing really wrong with me. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I'm so glad you said that too, because I'll even go, and I think this is partly thanks to having a CGM and being able to be like hyper-focused on what's going on at all times. But because I do feel like I can fall into controlling tendencies also. And I think sometimes I can't speak for everyone, but I'll get fall into patterns where I'm like, Oh, I'm on such a good blood sugar streak. Like, I don't want to mess it up. Do I eat that or not? And then like, I will eat it. And sometimes I'm like, woo, like I'm on the roller coaster now. Right. And I think it can be such a, I don't wait, like, it's so easy to get, be down on yourself and be too hard on yourself. Um, instead of just being, instead of rolling with it and being like one or two days or five days out of three months is not going to mess up my A1C. Um, yeah. But- yeah, that's, that's exactly right. It's like, there's, we're going to have good days. We're going to have bad days and all of them are okay. Um, and as you mentioned before, there's so many different variables that can affect those good and bad days. Do you know what I mean? Like even Mm -hmm. if I, I know for me, stress is a big one. Stress will play a huge havoc on my blood sugar levels and I will get spikes and I'm just like, well, what's going on? And it's like, oh, well, this is going on and you've been feeling, um, yeah, quite stressed lately. So I think yeah. as at the end of the day, as long as we're doing the best that we can overall and like trying to implement those healthy habits as much as possible, then we, we should be okay. But um, yeah. yeah, actually with the CGM thing, like I definitely, I'm not wearing one at the moment, but 
when I was, I actually got a little bit of anxiety around seeing that spike. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to remember um, that even someone without diabetes is going to see a little bit of a spike after a meal. And then I think, did you use the term raid bolusing before? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, like I'm seeing a little bit of a spike. Quickly, like treat, treat, treat. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes what would happen to me is I'd then drop later on because I just responded. and re- Well, I reacted. I reacted way too quickly. So, um yeah, I guess, yeah. So I think that was actually one of the reasons why I sort of took a step back from wearing the pump and everything because I felt like it was creating like a little bit of anxiety um, around just constantly seeing those sugar levels. Yeah, um, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking breaks. I think, I mean, we did it for so many years without that if it works, great, mm. you know, then do it that way. I I personally get so much anxiety not having a CGM and it's mm. weird because when I was younger I would have full-on panic attacks and I had to get like anxiety medication and all this stuff and yeah. it wasn't until I got a CGM that it's it's not even seeing my blood sugars go up but it's like this response in my body that like my heart starts beating fast when my blood sugar is rising even if it's in a normal range and I didn't know that that's what was triggering my panic attacks like this internal response which makes sense now where it's like my body's like you're not okay like you need to take insulin and so I don't know if that makes sense but so the CGM has helped me with that yeah yeah for sure and isn't it incredible like how that just like sort of shows how in tune you are with your body as well, which is amazing. Cause I think like a lot of people sort of um, ignore it and they do focus on like what they're seeing rather than the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, there's so much like stress and fear around like the, the numbers, but it's like, okay, well actually how am I feeling? And, and I think that was like, just I don't know it's my typical like personality to be like yeah cool I'm gonna use myself as like a bit of an experiment and like by taking a break from the CGM and the pump I was like I want to feel what it's like to have like high blood sugars or low blood sugars yeah um and actually I think you mentioned it earlier on this chat um even though you might be at a seven you feel like you're at a a 13 or whatever because Mm -hmm. you can feel it starting to rise and like that's what I wanted to sort of like get in tune with and be able to identify maybe if, okay, I'm starting to go a little bit low or if I'm starting to go a little bit high without even like physically looking at it. I mean, I would recommend that for everybody, but at it, you know, it's, it's just a part of like wanting to learn more. That's literally like my goal with that. That's awesome. Has it, have you found it helpful so far? And just, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, especially with the lows. Like I, I now notice um, the really, really early symptoms. Like for me, I start to get a little bit like peckish. It's not like starvation feeling, but it's like I'm getting a little bit hungry, feeling a little bit, um, a little bit weaker, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll, and then I'll test my blood sugar, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I was right. This is an early sign of a hypo, but because I haven't reached that hypo stage yet I was able to like just treat it and then avoid that from happening but so and it's again it's just a learning curve and like making yourself the experiment trial and error um but 
yeah, I think you've got to have that that motivation and that confidence to be able to do that. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, for some people, it just builds over time, like as you start noticing or becoming more aware. And I think a lot for me, being able to accept it, and then that allowed me to be more open to learning more about my body. So I think it's stages and everyone's going to be at a different stage, which is totally fine. Exactly. I love that. Accepting it. So Derek, That's Derek the... was wondering where you get your, or is it easy for you to get your diabetes supplies in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to be um, your neighbor. Oh, is Derek coming? No, 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 I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is that Derek outside? No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really relatively easy to get diabetes supplies in Australia. Like we're very lucky. Um, although what I did notice was, and I don't know about you guys, like when we went into lockdowns, there was a shortage of supplies, um, and they had to be like ordered in. They weren't as like easily available as they usually would be. Um, which was a little concerning, but, um, yeah, overall, I would say we're really quite lucky here. Yeah. That's good. And I'm using log. I know that was a question that came up, but I know, I feel like we could just be talking for hours and we, we always say we're going to have these things like 15, 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, I know it's so good. Yeah. But we'll be back next Wednesday. (laughs) Is there anything else on, on food and just, like, what should we wrap it up with on that note for people that are feeling that belief very true? <laughs> so I think um, I love, like, one of the big takeaways I got from something you said was knowledge and just, you know, maybe it's getting an app like My Fitness Pal or Chronometer, knowledge, um, and just educating yourself like not just believing the first thing you you hear from somebody um, and just trying things out and remembering there's no one-size-fits-all approach and there's so many other factors that can have an impact on your diabetes. And also you're more than just diabetes. You've got a lot more going on inside your body as well. So um, I would say that was one of my biggest takeaways from something you said. I thought that was really good advice. Yeah, that is awesome. And I feel like one thing that you said too earlier was um, just about, what was it? I feel like I'm totally going to butcher it, but it was about just something to do, like if diabetes, this wasn't what your exact words, but if diabetes like was your teacher and just being able to meet diabetes where it is, because like if someone is right now is feeling afraid to eat certain things or um, oh, you said something really good. <laughs> I wish I could just replay it. But just, <laughs> yeah. Just, I I guess, like, yeah. <laughs> people will have to go back and watch from the start, I think. And we'll, um, we'll post this live, right? Yeah. Yes, we will. And in terms of like being, yeah, like we're all going to be so different. Um, so just not, I mean, it's hard sometimes not to feel afraid to eat certain things, but I think just being kind to ourselves, right? (laughs) Yeah. And um, I think it was something we started on quite early when you mentioned the pastries. It's like, 
<laughs> so even though someone might say to us like, oh, should you be eating that or questioning us because we have diabetes about it? It's like, well, should they be eating it as well? Like, I mean, obviously it depends on the food. I think at the end of the day, as long as you are eating and maintaining a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle, I think it's really as simple as that at the end of the day. Like for me, I don't, I'm not super strict. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like going to rule certain things out um, if I want to have them. Like I also like enjoy, I love eating and I love flavor and I love food. So if I'm like treating myself, but I think like overall at the end of the day, like my underlying goal is to just be healthy and fill my body with nourishing foods and that's because, like, you know, at the end of the day, I want to have energy to do the things that I love doing and creating and living a long, healthy life. Yeah, I love that. And on that note, too, I just wanted to say because when, like, we shouldn't, but also we shouldn't be afraid of insulin for. You know, if we want to eat a certain amount of carbs, but maybe we're avoiding it because we don't want to feel shitty, but we also don't want to take a shit ton of insulin, take a shit ton of insulin if it means that your blood sugar is going to stay stable because insulin, it's it's fine. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt like insulin was not good for you or it was going to make you cause weight or, or gain weight, whatever. But I think sometimes it's, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day we need if we want to eat something we should give ourselves extra insulin just to make sure we're feeling good and our blood sugars are stable. <laughs> yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I think actually that could be another limiting belief when, um, and I know this is one that I have definitely experienced. It's like, oh, and my insulin dosage is going up a little bit. Does that mean my diabetes is getting worse? Does that mean I haven't been looking after myself? And like, I start to like compare the numbers, like, the dosages mm -hmm. of insulin or even sometimes when I see people posting about it on social media and this is why I never like post about my um well I try to avoid posting about like my numbers because I don't want anyone to compare to each other yeah like, we're all on our own diabetes journey and I think sometimes when we see oh that person's taking a little less insulin or shit is is my diabetes worse than theirs or yeah. my hb1c is better or worse than theirs you know it's like we we definitely should not be comparing ourselves to anybody else no yeah I love that you said that and we, yeah we could go down a whole another rabbit hole of limiting beliefs on that note but I guess we should wrap yeah. it up and you like you guys thank you for joining if on that note too if there's any questions or like if people if you guys want to hear something let us know for next week because we will be back next Wednesday <laughs> Yes, we're here every week, guys. No two diabetics are the same. So true. Amen. Couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, oh, Sarah, um, I tell us quickly about your program because I want to know all about it. And since we're on the topic of limiting beliefs, let's wrap it up with that. <laughs> so, sure. what, what okay. is your awesome. what, what is it, and when does it start? Sure. So I, um, for those who don't know, and I think he mentioned it earlier, um, I am actually like a mindset coach and, um, I am building a program at the moment. It's called, I am more than my chronic condition. Um, and it's for diabetics and also people with autoimmune conditions. And it really, um, helps people to overcome any sort of like fears or limiting beliefs or, 
um, anything like that that could be having a, a negative impact on their physical health. So my goal is to really help anyone with diabetes or autoimmune conditions to be able to work through some of those emotions and behaviours and limiting beliefs, um, I guess, to help them live a more free and fulfilled life. Um, also, one of my goals is to really uh, increase confidence and motivation and direction because after speaking to a lot of diabetics, I think that is sometimes where they sort of are a little bit unsure of where to go and um, they're lacking that confidence to try new things like we've discussed today or they're lacking the motivation because they're sort of in this stuck place. So I'm building a program at the moment. It's going to be a six-week group coaching program. Um, but at the moment, I am running a case study. So if anyone's interested in the case study, you can find me over at Serendipity Coaching. And the whole point of the case study is just to get um, a few people in, a small group, just to, um, to share the entire six-week program with them and run them through the entire program and then to get their feedback just so I can make it the best program possible before I launch it to everybody. I love it. And when are you planning to start the six weeks? Sure. So the case, the six weeks um, for the case study will be starting week commencing March 8th. So not next week, but the week after. Yes. Awesome. Yay. Okay. So, and they can go to serendipitycoaching.com or go to your Instagram, right? And it'll be on there. The link in your bio. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like just jump over onto my Instagram and slide into my DMs um, with any questions. If you want to know more, I do have a couple of posts up about it with some more information, but it's for diabetics and people with autoimmune conditions. Um, and it's called I am more than my chronic condition. So Love. that case study starts not next week, the week after. Yay. Okay, cool. I'm going to share it on my IG story too. So Awesome. Oh, thanks so much. Yes, it's so good to see you. Yeah, it was so good to see you again. And, yeah, like I said, we'll be back next week. Yes, and you guys let us know if there's anything, any specific topics or stories that you want to hear from us, and we'll dive into that next week. Thank you guys for joining us. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that this episode was fun for you to listen to. I hope that it was inspiring, empowering, and just everything that you needed to hear today. And if it was, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast because that way you won't miss out on our weekly episodes of this new segment, Diabetes Uncensored. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.